0: And welcome back to Shaving Points Podcast. My name is Jaden May, joined as always by my co-host, Quentin Crisco. And tonight, we are talking fantasy. The only time of the year where you can actually talk about fantasy to other people and not sound like a jerk.
1: Yeah, it's an exciting time of year. I mean, the rest of the year, to your point, you start talking fantasy to someone, you start telling them what you think they should do. It's like, I don't want to hear it it's my team. And I'm the same way. It's like, I don't want to hear someone else tell me what to do with my team. You know, it's my team.
0: Maybe, like, towards the end of the season, if you're in the championship and be like, oh, this is who I got playing this weekend. Yeah, on a weekly basis, whenever somebody at work is like, oh, bro, you need to do this, you need to do that, or talking about their fantasy team, it's just like, no,
1: (laughs) don't want to hear it. (laughs) Yeah. It's a completely different thing when it's like, because I love giving people advice on their team that they don't want yeah. to hear. It. I'm sure they don't want
0: to hear it. I get a, I mean, I get a lot of people asking me fantasy advice weekly, and I don't mind giving it. <laughs> We're not going to be doing rankings this year. We're going to be doing more of where we think you can find value in the draft. So not necessarily who to pick and where, but where guys are going and where you can find some value in third, fourth, fifth round on, on some guys that we think are going to perform much better than that, and then talk a little about guys that we think are being overvalued so you got anything before we start man oh
1: man kids won the super bowl evident yeah they uh they won and they're they're just celebrating i mean i i trust sal is a good coach and i trust that honestly aaron Rodgers, he, he seems like a really good guy in the show it seems like he takes it seriously but also there's just a vibe like it's so different than what it was last year right with the lions just like hungry as all hell destroying each other in training camp it's like the complete polar opposite in the jets camp from what we saw on on, uh, hard dogs. it just it seems like they're just like we're just happy to be here
0: they're acting like they're already top dogs in the division (laughs) that is one tough division as we talked about earlier in the summer
1: There's a lot of talent on that team.
0: Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, that defensive line.
1: Gwynn Williams is no joke. I don't think he gets enough credit for being a game record that he is. I didn't realize
0: Solomon Thomas was on that team. And a lot of people forget that Solomon Thomas was the 49ers pick. Everybody shit on the Bears for taking Trubisky. And then oh, yeah. the 49ers without a franchise quarterback take Sullivan Thomas. Nobody talks about it. And he was not good. Yeah, he was not. And then and then the Jets took Blitzboy
1: right after. Every time that gets mentioned, Solomon Thomas was who I wanted the Bears to take there. So <laughs> I can't I can't like say too much on it because it's like I was wrong too. So
0: you look at those three teams right there, it was Bears, 49ers, Jets. All three of those could have used a Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes in the past six years. Definitely could have.
1: They, only the, they only all the just missed. Well, Wasn't that Fournette too? Fournette with the Jag? At five, the Bengals take.
0: John Ross at seven. Every single one of those teams could have used a quarterback. Looking back, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, I thought both Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes are plenty good. Definitely better than some of the quarterbacks that have been drafted in the top five since. And I don't know if that's an overreaction to Mahomes and Watson falling out of the top 10. You look at what they did in college, and then you look at some of the guys that have got drafted in the top 10 since. You're Zach Wilson, the year of Allen
1: and all that where five quarterbacks went in the top 10. I really do think Mahomes fell into kind of a weird spot just timing-wise. We'd seen guys like Graham Harrell come out of air raid offenses before you, crazy stats and just you know not and the NFL knew they weren't gonna work. that's why they went mid rounds to late rounds then all of a sudden college defenses started adjusting to the air raid and then air raid coaches start saying okay well we gotta get the best quarterbacks now so they got more talented quarterbacks but NFL teams didn't really know how to adjust for that because it's like there's still the processing question, but this guy's got a cannon. And then Jared Goff, the year before, Pat Mahomes goes, comes from an air raid offense, really struggles as a rookie. And I think that scared teams off of air raid offenses, regardless of talent talented QB.
0: It's still crazy, though. It's, you look at how many teams were quarterback needy in that top 10. Some of those teams didn't have anybody, and they still
1: passed on them. I wasn't shocked that Mahomes didn't go top 10. I, I kind of wasn't expecting him to. I was hoping he'd get to the Chiefs because that's where I thought, you know, the dream scenario for him kind of was. As a Texas Tech fan, that's what I was hoping for. Watson, I was shocked that Watson fell as far as he did. And who knows? May, maybe NFL teams knew some stuff about him that was a little unsavory. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't even. I can't even honestly say that I believe that, but... I don't know.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. Let's say They're here or are there. I just thought it, I didn't realize Solomon Thomas was on that team and people forget about the Solomon Thomases and John Ross and let's boy and all that in the draft when they bring up Mitch Trubisky over Mahomes. So just like to remind yeah. people. Amen to that bro.
1: How you want to start this fantasy talk? What's uh, what's kind of your thoughts here?
0: All right. I mean, we can start with some guys that I think are being extremely overvalued. A guy I loved last year, absolutely loved, called my shot on him. I'm in Ross St. Brown. He is going ADP 18 right now. So late second, mid second, depending on if you're a 10 or 12 man league, eighth or ninth wide receiver off the board. And I just think there's so much talent there in Detroit. His production is going to drop off just a little bit. And I just think you can find better value in that. 15 to 20 spot where he's going. I still love i Ross St. Brown. Don't get me wrong. I just think his, his ADP is a little bit high for the talent they've added. And some of the guys getting healthy
1: in that Detroit offense. So what do you think about this? Jay should our friend Jair's here, drop Mingo from the Panthers to go pick up Reem hunt. I'm assuming that is where he's just signed today. Didn't he? You got to find somebody better to drop than
0: Mingo. I love Mingo in that Carolina offense. There's gotta be somebody in your team that you can drop other
1: than Mingo, in my opinion. Yeah, he didn't sign anything yet. He met with the Colts, but he hasn't signed.
0: I thought he met with the Saints.
1: I think he met with both.
0: Okay, I really like that rookie in the Saints offense. So
1: if he goes to the Saints, I definitely would. Or wait, the who's the rookie you're talking about in the Saints offense? Kendra Miller. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay, Saints offense. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, I love him in that sense offense, and even with Kamara gone, what is it, four games? Uh, I wouldn't really rely on Cream Hunt in that situation, especially with all the receiving talent they have and everything. I think Mingo's going to have a good year in that Carolina offense for Bryce Young. I
1: mean, Mingo's one of the, I mean, he's got to be one of the primary weapons there. I mean, you're talking Adam Thielen and uh, DJ Chark and Terrace Marshall. Like, DJ Chark's a guy who hasn't played a full season in two, three years. Uh, Terrace Marshall hasn't
0: I wouldn't be surprised if Mingo's wide receiver one in that offense
1: at the end of the yeah. year
0: and get 75 to 90 catches on 110 targets and five to eight touchdowns and maybe 800 yards. Like, I, I think he has a good season. Uh, I think they're going to run the shit out of the ball. So, but yeah, yeah, my first one was just I think he's going a little bit high as Amon Ross St. Brown. I still love him. If if he drops to the 30 range, I mean, that's right on the money for him, I think. Next guy I have on here is, is Bijan Robinson. These are half PPR rankings. Going eight overall, running back three. I think it's a little outrageous. Tyler Algier had a good year last year for Atlanta. Bijan has all the talent in the world. I mean, he's a freak athletically, but I watched a lot of Big 12 last year. I watched a lot of Texas. If he's supposed to be great, why wasn't he great? There were so many times where Texas had the opportunity, pound it down your throat with Bijan and take over a game. And it just seems like he could never capitalize on that. And maybe in that Atlanta offense, I mean, well coached, a pretty good offensive line. Like maybe it can be different, but I mean, when I look at running backs and I can get a Nick Chubb seven picks after Derek Henry, almost 10 picks after Tony Pollard, a Brees Hall, a Travis Etienne, two Browns later, give me a Travis Kelsey, a Stephon Diggs, AJ Brown, CeeDee Lamb. that spot especially in half ppr like we're talking about here i just think eight overall for Bijan's way too early from the production we saw in college all the talent in the world all of the talent in the world but adp a little too rich for my blood in my
1: opinion i actually agree with you and i'm probably a little higher on Bijan than you are there's just a lot of a lot of mouths to feed for that atlanta offense. i mean algier and cordero patterson or not that had no issues running the football this year that's why I was surprised by that pick yes yeah, same here I mean I was surprised but I wasn't because Arthur Smith you know of course he did that but at the same time you're sitting here sit, looking at Cordero Patterson has had 14 rushing touchdowns the last two years how much is that going to eat into Bijan's productiveness I mean I don't know maybe they're just not going to use Cordero in the red zone anymore or maybe they're not going to use Bijan in the red zone I don't know which way that's going to go between him, Algier, plus wanting to get some passing game going with Drake London, who he drafted top 10 last year, and Kyle Pitts, who is who was an outstanding weapon as a rookie, and last year struggled more. But, like, I think you want to get those guys going too. Yeah, Kyle Pitts has got to get it going here soon. Yeah, I mean, he was great as a rookie.
0: <laughs> a lot of mouths to feed in that offense, and I know he's special. I know, I know the talent's there, but like I said, I just never saw it. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. The next guy, I think, is getting a little. a traded Ayuk and Kamara for Bijan. It's a little sketchy, but I hope the bench is So riding the hype. That's not a bad trade, especially if we're talking Dynasty here. So, traded Ayuk and Kamara for Bijan. I would have held on to
1: Ayuk. Yeah, giving up Kamara, I was just going to say, isn't that that's not a lot? So, like, having to give Ayuk too makes sense.
0: Whenever Ayuk ends up on a team with an actual quarterback, whenever he leaves the 49ers next year, He's going to be a top five guy. That dude's so freaking He separates so easily. He's nasty. He's He is ridiculously good. So the next guy I want to talk about here is Josh Jacobs. We're talking ADP of 20 and the eighth running back off the board. I know he had a great year last year. I think he was RB1 in and a, and a lot of different leagues. But talking about a running back for a team that was throwing the ball a lot. And a lot of lucky plays, a lot of big plays led to those big numbers. And I'm not necessarily saying you should even take a running back in that position at ADP 20. There are guys that I like better than him, obviously, like Ramondre Stevenson at 25. If you have to go running back there, uh, Brees Hall at 27, Derrick Henry's at 17, Nick Chubb's at 14. So maybe they're there in that 20 range as well. I, I just think 20 is way too early for Josh Jacobs. Maybe I'm wrong. I
1: wouldn't count on that production to repeat in that in that Raiders offense. So Jacobs is at, he's probably one of the more interesting players in the fantasy season to me this year because who else is getting the touches? You know, I mean they got Amir Abdullah, they got Zamir White, who they took in the fourth round last year. He he really didn't get much opportunity last year. Jacobs held him off and Josh McDaniels runs a really strong gap run game. He builds his offense around it, and it's gonna it's gonna continue to be there and continue to open holes. And as long as Jacobs keeps that that explosiveness and speed, I think he's gonna keep getting explosive runs. Going from Derek Carr to Jimmy Garoppolo is a drop off. I think that's gonna impact this. I think teams are gonna say we're we're, we're stopping the run until you prove to us we don't we, that we need to pay more attention to the pass, and that's where it gets really iffy to me because I know Jacobs is going to get the ball, but he's going to get the touches I just don't know that it's going to be as efficient as it was last year once you take out some of those explosive runs and I'm a little scared to take him like I keep going back and forth part of me says there's value there because he can do that in this gap gap heavy offense but then another part of me is like but can he do it again I don't know I wouldn't hate to have him if
0: I'm picking 30 to 35 range. But I, mean, I just think 20 is way too early for the guys that are around him. I mean, when you're looking at that 20 range, you got Derrick Henry, Amon Ross St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddle, Josh Allen, Tony Pollard, Jalen
1: Hurts, Ramondre Stevenson. I
0: like almost every single one of those people better.
1: One thing you have to kind of Consider with it, though, I haven't been doing very many mocks, but I've been doing a lot of underdog drafts. The thing that keeps sucking me in, I'm like, oh, man, I love Garrett Wilson here, but there's a 100 other receivers I'll love later in the draft, and I need a damn running back who's going to touch the football. Like, I, I need to keep reminding myself that.
0: If, if you're in that 20 range and you want to wait, So 20 is going to be probably late, late second. So if you're picking nine through 12, you're going to have the the wraparound and then you won't be picking it again until what, 35 range. So some of the running backs available in that range, looking at here, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Jameer Gibbs, Kenneth Walker, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders. I would much rather get a top wide receiver and get one of those running backs I just named, rather than a Josh Jacobs with DK Metcalf, Lamar Jackson, Devo Samuel, Keenan Allen combination. But that's just me.
1: Yeah, and part of it might be skewed because I'm doing three to six-man drafts, and it's like, okay, I know I can get these wide receivers. You know, I'm picking double as much as you would in a 12-man draft. They're fun, man.
0: Those are the drafts where you have to, like, take absolute flyers on that nobody's going to think about because that's what went to the
1: the the league is is taking money that like nobody's ever heard of because it's all chalk so i love doing in the three and four man drafts corner in the market and just trying to take all the running backs and all the tight ends because i know there's going to be so many receivers at the end so i'm just like man i'm sitting over here with christian mccaffrey and saquon barkley and like Every Jameer Gibbs and I'm just like I have a fortune of riches. Absolutely.
0: So he asks, who you think can be the Mahomes guy other than Kelsey? I'm really big on. Um, I'm big on Kadarius Tarnay if he can stay healthy. He's a gadget guy. He fits the Andy Reid offense perfectly. Andy Reid goes out of his way to get him touchdowns. So I mean, even if he's on a high volume guy, he's going to be a touchdown guy. I mean, I expect him to have double digit touchdowns this year. I think he's going like in the
1: the ninety range. His ADP is ninety right now. I mean, Tony's a, a he's worth a flyer in a lot of drafts because he's on the Chiefs and he is explosive as all get in
0: And he can do things that other people can't do. So, I mean, he's a touchdown guy. So he may only have forty-five to fifty-five catches, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if he has double-digit touchdowns. And if you need a guy to fill in on a on a bye week, I would never be scared to start Kadarius Tony. So as of week one, he's the only wide receiver I would be comfortable starting if I had to. Uh, I would let it develop a little bit. Maybe
1: a Sky Moore. As of right now, the only person I would want is Kadarius Tony. Yeah, I'm I'm big on taking late round flyers on either Sky Moore or Rashi Rice. Reports out of camp right now are saying that sky Moore is ahead of rashi rice in camp and kind of beating him out it's kind of along the same lines what you said with tony those two guys just offer skill sets that not many other people do and they're going to get opportunities off of kelsey to to get one-on-one matchups and i mean sky Moore, he had some flashes last year he had some fumbling and some some stuff that kind of kept him off the field like that I, i assume some of it came down to the playbook as well and just knowledge of the playbook and some of that is probably straightened out now He was a fun player coming in. I liked him in the draft. And Rashi Rice, I didn't even like in the draft, but I love him on the Chiefs because it's like this dude is like 6'4 and can jump over people. He's going to get one-on-one matchups with Kelsey on the field. It's going to be – and he's going to be able to dunk on
0: So I think somebody will take the burden off Travis Kelsey. I don't think it'll be like last year. I mean, I still love Travis Kelsey in fantasy. I think he's still going to put up wide receiver – one numbers like he did last year i mean he's getting up in his career i don't, I don't think he can yeah. go out there and catch 110 balls and 17 touchdowns for 1200 yards again at some point somebody's got to yeah. do something so i mean I, I think somebody makes a step patrick mahomes is a good leader and there's a lot of guys in that offense with with talent like maybe it's Jerk mckinnon maybe they just throw him at slot i don't know but somebody's gonna do something i'm i'm very confident in that the last guy i think is being a little bit overvalued is calvin ridley at adp 40. i do love calvin ridley if he's in a good spot i'll draft him but we don't really see a whole lot of success from guys that take four years off for non-injury related reasons yeah two years well, one yeah, of them was injury been a year and a half two years since he's played he does look incredible in all the all everything coming out in camp. and camping obviously a very talented guy top 10 wide receiver before he took a step away. And we haven't seen him an ADP 40 with like a position ranking of around 15 i think i just think that's a little high for a guy that we haven't seen like i said i mean some some of the guys around him in that same area yeah a travis atn i wouldn't even hate taking a quarterback there if like a joe burrow or Mark, lamar jackson's there jameer gibbs is sitting there for you in that range uh, a kenneth walker and aaron jones justin fields Amari cooper like all very proven valuable assets and as much as i do love the upside of Calvin Ridley in that offense, it's too early for me. Maybe he does go out there and put up top five wide receiver numbers, and I think he can. In my opinion, stepping away from the game like that, I mean, it's
1: hard. I think it's hard for anyone's body to not get hit for two years and then suddenly start taking hits from NFL defenders again and just be okay with it. Like I I just think there's a physical side of that, that like, your body is not callous the way it typically would be for most players because you just haven't taken hits in two years like not something yeah, you're physically I mean, used to and i mean football is football is a different game
0: than like basketball or baseball or stuff like that i mean the the hits and stuff from what i've heard from from people is i mean you, you don't need to be hit to get your body ready but it, it's the timing it's it's all the little things it's all the little habits you develop and stuff like that that is the quickest thing that you lose uh the camaraderie the the relationships the all the little things that make the difference between being a mediocre player and being a top five top ten player and i hope he's good
1: i like calvin ridley i just like i said i I just think 40 is way too high for him he's super talented and i mean i I was super impressed by him before he, before he had to take leave of absence, but injury related or other, but it's just kind of a general rule to, unless you're getting gr- good value, don't draft a guy who sat for the last two years. Yeah. And good value. I have him in a bunch in a bunch of my underdogs, but like that was cause he, no one was drafting. Him, you know, yeah.
0: And I mean, I hope he's good. I mean, I have, I have high hopes for him, so, I mean, I hope he goes out there and balls out, honestly, so, um. but, yeah, those are the guys that I think are being a little overvalued, and and I got some more, but, I mean, I don't want to go on all day about guys that are going too high because there's definitely some guys, like, in the 40s and 50s that I'm like, I don't even know if I would take you, (laughs) but, yeah, absolutely, Maybe we can get deeper into that another time. Uh, but what I really want to talk about is what I like to consider the league winners, which are guys that are being extremely undervalued, that could be top five, top three, or the number one player at the end of the year at their position that you can get in the third round and beyond. Um, and we're starting with running backs here. And my absolute favorite running back in this draft or in this fantasy season is Jameer Gibbs. If you watch what he did at Alabama, the kid is special. I mean, the way he moves, the way he, he can read blocks, um, just so smooth and so agile and so fast. I mean, the, the, the kid is so fast. I mean, he's, he's special to watch, and he can catch the ball to the backfield. The only concern I have slightly with him is the, the David Montgomery aspect and if he's going to steal touchdowns from him. But, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Jameer Gibbs at the end of the year with 2,000 all-purpose yards, 15-plus uh, touchdowns, and like 35 to 50 catches on the season. And in a half PPR league, that that's a league winner for you. I absolutely love Jameer Gibbs, and he's going – 37 overall so mid to late rounds and 10 and 12 man leagues for half PPR and he is the 14th running back coming off the board and I think at worst if he stays healthy he's a top seven running back so I think that's good value there if you're early in the third round late in the second and you just don't love anybody and He's a guy that's not going to get back to you, so you might as well take him when you can. And I, I'm never against overdrafting somebody that you
1: wholeheartedly believe can be the guy for you. So, yeah, I mean, I, I love Gibbs. I think he is an incredible talent. Um, but my my concern roots back to what you said: it's Montgomery stealing touchdowns, and part of me say, says like. You know, I'd, I'd handcuff him. I'd draft both just in case. But yeah, then man. another part of me's like, man, I know if I do that, every time Gibbs goes off, I'm going to start Monty. And every time Monty goes off, I'm going to start Gibbs. And I'm just going to end up nowhere yeah. because of it. And Monty, he's the 12th highest paid running back in the NFL. You follow the money, you feel like he's going to get touches to provide value somewhere. And I think the Lions might kind of regretting that signing after getting Gibbs. To but, like, yeah, I feel uh, like he's still I mean, going to get touches because you don't pay a guy like that to not give
0: him touches. Yeah, and I don't think they expected to get him, honestly. I mean, what? which is crazy because they picked so high. But if you watch the, the draft coverage, I mean, they acted like they got the best player in the draft. And I'm like, I love the kid, but it's like, you took a running back at that position. <laughs> and it's, it's, I mean, I don't know. I mean, but... I mean, I think he's great. I think he's going to be great for fantasy. And I think he is an, an absolutely perfect offense uh, for his skill set. And, I mean, he's another reason why I think uh, Amon Ross St. Brown's production is going to go down a little bit as well, too. So, But, yeah, I mean, just a guy that I, I think can be a league winner for you that is going uh, much later than he should be. And then the next guy is a guy that has been maybe overvalued for the past three to four years um every year somebody's like oh this is the year this is the year and for some reason you just never do it or the team just never used him properly when they should miles sanders miles sanders was serviceable every week in philadelphia for fantasy but just never put the numbers together that you needed for a top flight rb1 but i mean so this year going to the panthers i think they're going to run the shit out of the ball and he's going adp of 50 as the 20th running back i think that's ludicrous i mean i think this this guy could be top 10 easy easy in that panthers offense they're going to the, want they're going to want to run the ball to help out their rookie qb They have a coach that knows how to run the ball. And he's very, very talented. I mean, you saw what he did in Philly when he got opportunities. And people would just be screaming at their TV, like, why are we not getting the ball more to Miles Sanders? So he's another guy I love here. Uh, New home, new opportunity. 50th overall, 20th at his position at running back. And I think he could easily
1: end up as a top 10 running back in the season. Yeah, I've heard that he's a strong fit for Frank Reich's run scheme, which is a good sign. I don't know enough about it to actually tell you why he is, but yeah. I assume that's more, more gap concepts based on what Jonathan Taylor did in Indy and more just kind of trying to get into explosive breakaway holes, which could fit him well. And honestly, a lot of his decreased value – over the last few years has come from his dwindling receiving usage, but he was a good receiver as a rookie. He was a fine receiver at Penn State. There's no real reason Uh, I can think of as to why his receiving numbers dwindled other than just Billy wanted to do a committee. Like, so, I mean, I, I think his receiving numbers should still be there. And he has Chubba Hubbard behind him, but, like, it's not like he's batting guys away from competition behind him either. Again, they paid this guy. He is the 11th i believe 11th highest paid running back in the nfl they're gonna get him to a lot of touches
0: yeah and i mean i'm excited to see what he does i mean he's a guy i've been a fan with, a fan of ever since he got into the league i loved what he did at penn state so i mean i'm really really rooting for this guy and excited for him but i mean i think he's in the perfect situation the perfect opportunity uh to really do something here so i'm i'm, I'm excited to see what he does
1: yeah all right, you're then, uh, you're playing into my graphics for later really well. You're, you're you're naming a bunch of guys who I included. So,
0: oh really? Perfect. Yeah. Uh, the next guy I have on here is Zach Charbonnet, the rookie out of UCLA that is in Seattle now. So Kenneth Walker had a great year last year, but he's had injury issues his entire career and. You have a Seattle team that loves to run the ball and you have a very, very talented rookie. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets more touches than... um, Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker, by the end of the year, whether it's due to injury, whether it's due to production, whatever it is, whatever the reason. Being the more versatile back that's not telling you. running Absolutely. And at uh, ADP of 92 or 98 and position ranking of... 38 i think that's criminal i, I think he's gonna be a, a top 18 to 25 running back which i mean it's only seven better but the adp for a top 20 running back compared to adp of a top 35 running back it's about 20 spots so i mean there's definitely value there for him um if i mean if you're in the third fourth round like i said and You need a guy i mean don't don't be afraid to kind of go down that draft board and guys that are going in the fifth and sixth round and go ahead and take them late third early fourth mid fourth like don't just take a guy because his adp is high so on sleeper right now zach Charbonnet's uh adp is 105 and let's just go wait for 105 he won't be there yeah let's just go 30 spots up to the 70 range i mean it's Dalvin Cook, it's Brandon Ayuk, it's Michael Pittman, Tyler Lockett, uh, Mike Williams, Christian Kirk, Rashad White. I mean, guys that might do it, but I mean, this is a guy, look, he's another league winner type deal. Like, if, if he gets the opportunity that I think he'll get, I mean, he's a league winner for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I thought, I mean, I thought he was the most complete back in the draft. Yeah and after watching watching I think I watched twelve or fifteen different running backs, something like that. At most 15, at least 12. And I mean Bijan is he's a complete back, don't get me wrong. Bijan, I think, is the better prospect because he has better breakaway speed, better explosiveness than Charbonnet. But Charbonnet was like he, he reminded me of Matt Forte. Like wa- watching yeah. him run at UCLA. He was just so complete, so smooth in everything he did. Didn't have the the elite. Fourth year that you want speed wise, but like he's he's, he doesn't have to come off the field ever. No, if if they don't want him, yeah. No, I mean, he's he's everything
0: you want in a running back. And I mean, I think he is going to be special in that offense. Uh, they love to run the ball. The running, the the number one running back for the Seattle offense is usually uh, a good start for uh fantasy. So I love, love Zach Charbonnet's potential there. Uh, Next guy I have is Isaiah Pacheco. Chiefs running back. I know a lot of people like the rookie they got. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Uh, Clyde edwards Lair is still there. Jerick McKinnon had a a breakout to the end of the year. But Isaiah Pacheco was just very, very good once he got his opportunity there. And if you're in a dynasty league, I'll probably stay away from him because I don't know how long he's going to be there. Uh, He came into the league a little old as well. So I think I saw if the chiefs franchise tag him he's gonna hit free agency at like 29 or 30 being like a seventh
1: round pick that's up who's the rookie the kid out of Tulsa uh look. UDFA generic prince
0: yeah generic prince apparently looks really good in camp great at catching the ball uh kind of Andy Reid style of guy but Isaiah Pacheco which is very very good last year um broke 100 yards multiple times um and I mean I, I like his potential in that offense and I love his his ADP at 75 being the 27th running back. I mean I love that value there. If if you're if you're in the 65 to 75 range, I mean love, love, love that value. So Cam Akers is going 10 picks in front of him. James Connor's going 10 picks in front of him. Dalvin Cook's going 10 picks in front of him. Rashad White's going five picks in front of him. It's I love Pacheco over all those guys. Uh Alexander Madison's going 20 picks before him. Uh Damian Pierce is going 25 picks before him. And I wouldn't be surprised if Damian Pierce isn't even the starting running back for the Texans at the
1: end of the season. Yeah. Like once it looks to me like once Pacheco, like based on his game log here, once he got comfortable with the the passing playbook and the pass blocking the schemes. He was able to stay in on passing downs more because you look at it from yeah. week week one through week eleven, he had three targets for three catches and thirteen yards. From week thirteen through the Super Bowl, he had seventeen targets for sixteen catches and one hundred eighty-two yards. Like I mean, he was very efficient in that stretch as a receiver, yeah. and that that's a fair amount of targets and catches. And Grant. Six of those targets did come in the conference championship game when Pat Mahomes was on one leg. But, like, yeah. still, he put up numbers when it Cincy is. knew yeah. that they were going to be doing that. Like, that that says something to me about a guy's ability as a pass catcher. When Cincy knows that what they're going to need their, receive, their running backs to be good receivers in this game, and he's still putting yeah. up good numbers as a receiver, that's telling.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, a lot of things I like about Pacheco. Love that offense. And like I said, I mean, somebody's going to have to lighten the load on Kelsey. And I mean, he's one of those guys that can certainly do it. So, um, a, a guy that I love and, and mid to late, uh, rounds right there for him. Uh, then the next guy I have is Deandre Swift, a guy I loved last year, had injury issues, uh, Leaves Detroit, goes to Philly. Uh, Philly is the team that I was just talking about that never used Miles Sanders properly. But with what DeAndre Swift can do in that offense, I love his potential. And uh, with Jalen Hurts' uh, ability to run the ball and everything like that, I mean, I just think he has a huge opportunity to do something big. And with an ADP of 62 at the 26th overall running back, I mean, I I think he can blow past that. So
1: he's a guy that I am really really looking forward to seeing. Either him or Rashad Penny, one of them's gonna do nothing, and the other's gonna be amazing. It's just a question of which. Yeah.
0: They're...
1: I kind of like my him. money. My money would be on Swift more than Penny, just because he has a better injury history. But <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I mean, yeah, I mean, I like both of them. I, I mean, I think somebody's gonna come out looking good in that offense. So. Yeah, I agree. All right, And then we'll go to wide receiver. So the first wide receiver that I absolutely love is DJ Moore. Going to the Chicago Bears with Justin Fields as the number one option. He's the 22nd wide
1: wait, receiver wait. right now. Did, didn't you hear? He's a bad fit. Oh, is he? Uh, according to some fantasy football guy on on TikTok, D- bet against DJ Moore because he can't separate. Oh, I wasn't aware of I wasn't aware DJ of Moore his, can't separate.
0: And I wasn't aware of his inability to separate. So, yeah, that's my bad. Um, but so last year he was wide receiver 24 with a terrible quarterback. This year he upgrades to Justin Fields. Um I I love his potential here in Chicago. And at wide receiver, uh ADP of 58 and wide receiver 22. I mean, I think he can absolutely go nuts in that offense. So
1: he's a, Uh, but full disclosure, DJ Moore can separate just fine.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Not too worried about his separation issues.
1: That's for sure. Yeah. Um, he's a great, a great fit with fields. Like the way that he can attack that he can attack win at all three levels of the field, he can especially win at the intermediate, which is fields has been really good in the intermediate in his career. Um, Well, really, as a rookie, he was outstanding last year, dwindled a little, but some of that was in in the rough stretch of the year when, like, Fields was going through more ups and downs. Um, Yeah. Really, it's, there aren't many receivers that I think would have been a better fit. Like, maybe Brandon, uh, among guys who might have been available, like Brandon Ayuk, maybe would have been a better fit, but, like, that's about it. DJ Moore was really an outstanding fit for Bears wide. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I
0: love, I love that potential he's got there. And then uh, the next guy I have here is Jordan Addison. Uh, I love this pick for the uh, Vikings and being opposite of the best wide receiver in football certainly doesn't hurt. So uh, I love, I love what he can do. He's a great route runner, a very smart kid as well. So I expect him to be ready from day one and Kirk Cousins throws the ball a lot whether you love him or hate him I mean he's going to be airing it out and targets got to go somewhere when you got six people covering uh, Justin Jefferson so ADP 91 and wide receiver 37 I love the value there for him
1: yeah I I'm, I'm still skeptical Um, I don't know A lot of, on Jordan Addison, a lot of the numbers about him are scary. When you look at them, like the the athletic testing and size numbers, he's going to be an outlier if he succeeds, which doesn't mean he can't succeed. And honestly, going across from Justin Jefferson is probably the best place possible to make it happen. Mm He got off to a rough start. In Minnesota too. like, he had, he had an injury. Then he had the like the speeding ticket, like 140 miles an hour in his Lamborghini. And like, it's those are just some red he, flags he, to me about said, him. Like it's vet. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, that's what he said. But then some of the some of the reports coming out now are are much more positive about what he's doing in camp. So maybe I'm maybe I'm yeah. off here. I'm just I'm I'm probably not going after him early personally. I mean, I I could understand the desire to, but yeah. me, I, I'm I'm staying away, mostly because of the the athletic testing and uh, size flags that I see, and the list is. I mean, I want to say it's it's really rough the the list of guys since like 2000 to be drafted with his type with athletic testing at or below his and size at or below his. It's like I think those guys just they struggled to separate. And they struggled to win against press coverage you can't do either of those things i don't know but he's such a clean route runner too i I, could i I could keep going waffling on it all night long so i'll just leave it at that i don't know yeah but yeah i mean i
0: i love the upside for him there and i think 91 is just a little bit too late for him uh next guy i have is brandon Cooks. so last year brandon cooks was the 49th ranked wide receiver missing Uh, only playing 13 games so he missed four games and still is the 49th wide receiver on a terrible texans offense this year he joins some of the most talent he's ever had around him and his adp is 97 and he's the 40th wide receiver coming off the board i i mean how can you
1: not love that value that's a steal there i mean he hasn't played next to it, next to a player like C D Lamb for a while. Yeah. He's he's kept putting so, up numbers. Yeah. So I mean when you're looking in that um let's see,
0: 97 range. Um I mean, Brian Robinson, Jamal Williams, Rashad Penny, Antonio Gibson, James Cook, like yeah. Steal. <laughs> yeah. Absolute steal. For Brandon Cooks, my opinion there. And then moving on, Mike Evans is He's got to go two more years over Every a thousand year. yards. Yeah, he's got to go. More, he's got to go two more years over a thousand yards to break the record of uh, starting a career with most thousand yard seasons in a row. I think they're making a point to do it. So, whatever you want to say about that offense, I mean, last year he was wide receiver seven, seventeen. Uh, he's going wide receiver thirty three with an ADP of eighty this year. I mean. He's going to put up numbers, I think. So He always has. And then the last guy I have is for the same reason on Calvin Ridley. Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk was great last year with the Jaguars. And his ADP has dropped tremendously since the Calvin Ridley edition. And I think he's still going to put up numbers. Last year, he was wide receiver 11. He's going wide receiver 30 right now with an ADP of 75. I mean, I don't I don't think he drops 20 spots with the addition of Calvin Ridley. If anything, the offense just can be much better. But I still see him getting plenty of targets, plenty of touches, um, and yards and everything. So I, I love Christian Kirk's value here at ADP
1: 75 and 30th overall our wide receiver coming off the board. Yeah, I mean, if Ridley's going off, it's just going to help. Kirk be more efficient and really get some really nice opportunities in open situations no. to get yards after catch and to just get kind of for, like forgotten about by the defense and if Ridley's not doing well Kirk's going to get opp- more opportunity so like I I, yeah. I'm with, I think that makes all the sense
0: yeah I mean I, I love that that spot for him there so um, I love yeah, Trevor this great. year if I can, if I oh, can yeah.
1: pair him with Trevor like I'm, I'm very happy
0: absolutely but yeah christian kirk at adp 75 and wide receiver 30 is one of my favorite picks and yeah i was just gonna do running backs and wide receivers because uh tight ends quarterbacks i mean it's just off preference really i mean the only thing i can say to that is it's never too early to take travis kelsey because his his production compared to other tight ends is so outrageous
1: that the value is there no matter where you want to take him so yeah keep that. Point. i'm with you on that all right So next up, we're going to roll into some would you rather scenarios that I'm laying out here for for Jay and we'll talk. So let's just throw them up here. Here we go. If the graphic show. There it is. All right. So first one is say that you have the number two overall pick. So, first round, you're picking number two, second round, you're picking number 23. This is a 12-man league, assuming half PPR. Your first option, and you can't deviate from You just have two choices. The first option is Christian McCaffrey at number two and Amon Ross St. Brown at 23. Or would you rather have Jamar Chase at two and Tony Pollard at
0: So... Here, it's it's tough because I do love the Christian McCaffrey Amon Ra pairing, but getting a Jamar Chase is almost hard to pass up. But we don't know if Joe Burrow is going to be healthy to start the season, and that could be a huge difference here. So I might take Christian McCaffrey in this spot just because of. The question marks behind joe burrow and if if you're missing a joe burrow with jamar chase for four weeks that that's a huge difference in fantasy and i like tony pollard i mean it's whatever for him at 23. i I think there's probably some better value there 23 for pollard but i'm really looking at this between jamar chase and christian mccaffrey probably lean mccaffrey just because of the offense that he's in and there's really no question marks between uh around his health or anything like that so
1: yeah I'm with you I, I mean I think it is tough because Pollard is like his efficiency right there was right there with McCaffrey they had the same fantasy yeah. points per snap last year they were equal and um really Pollard was a top 10 fantasy running back in 38 percent of his games last year McCaffrey was outrageous at 59. And that's what really drives this away from me is like,
0: yeah, that, that's the with,
1: with him is stupid. He's going to get so much opportunity to put up points. It's going to be consistent week in, week out. I trust it. Yeah. And like Pollard, he's going to get the opportunity, but I don't know if he's going to be like that consistent. No, mm-hmm. and not a lot of guys can. And you're going to get the drop off from Chase to Monroe. Like Chase, top 10 performer in 42% of his games last year. Mon-Ra only 25% of his games. Mon-Ra's numbers were actually pretty boom-bust last year, where it was like four games, he was outrageous, and then the rest of the season he was just kind of middle of the pack, but I yeah, think that and he, that's... and
0: he had some nagging injuries too on top of that. Yeah.
1: But I think he's a, a really good player, and I kind I, I kind of trust that that should level out more this year with him, uh-huh. so I'm with you. Give me give me McCaffrey and mon Ra. Yeah, Yeah, so, I mean, it, it, it's hard to pass on McCaffrey in that spot. I mean,
0: I don't know what you do at the two spot this year. If you're not in a super flex league, like it's a, it's a tough decision because how do you pass pass on the best running back in the NFL? That's paired with a coach that runs the ball better
1: than anybody else in the
0: NFL. So, yeah. It, I mean, it's, to
1: be me, it's, it's a pretty easy answer because like there's no other running backs that do that.
0: Yeah. I mean, but it's hard to pass on a Justin Jefferson uh it is. case. So it especially is especially half PPR. But I do love Christian McCaffrey. I mean, if you want to take him anywhere in the top five, I mean, I I wouldn't
1: I wouldn't hate on anybody taking Christian McCaffrey early, that's for sure. All right. Next one we got here. So this one I was trying to do pairings of wide receiver quarterback at first and then I realized if I swapped the quarterbacks it was a lot tougher of a question so first your choices are you're picking 10th overall seat and 12 man leagues you got number 10 and number 15. AJ Brown at 10 and Josh Allen at 15 or Stefan Diggs at 10 and Jalen Hurts at 15 and you can't say you don't want a quarterback at 15.
0: Yeah so that's hard right there. Um, so it's really, to me, this is more about the wide receivers and the running backs or than the quarterback, because I'll take either one of those uh, quarterbacks at 15. If I have to take a quarterback there, I'm not, I'm not worried about that. I mean, it's a toss-up for me. So would you rather have A.J. Brown or Stephon Diggs? And I'm probably going to lean A.J. Brown here. Stephon Degg's a little bit older. And I I just think the Philly offense is more explosive. Uh, And they have to deal with a little bit of cold weather, but not like Buffalo, where, like, what was it, two years ago, they had, like, 40-mile-per-hour winds, and they couldn't even throw a forward pass. Like, if that happens there in a fantasy week, you're screwed. And Yeah.
1: There's not necessarily –
0: I think it's – I mean, I think this is really preference – more than anything, but I got to lean A.J. Brown just because I, I think it's a better offense and it opens it up more for him where I think Stephon Diggs is more of a um, he's got to perform for the offense to be good and that could be not necessarily boomer bust, but in that realm of boomer bust.
1: Yeah, I mean, it could be. I'm I'm going the opposite of you here. I'm going with Diggs and Hurts because, like you said, the quarterback isn't a big difference here to me. Like, it's just kind of – like, I'd rather have Josh Allen than Hurts, but, like, it's not – it's marginal, the difference that I yeah. see between them from a fantasy standpoint. But for Diggs versus Brown, like, I look at the Eagles. Brown's competing with Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard. Shad Penny and De- and DeAndre Swift in that offense. You look at the names that Diggs is competing with. I- I'm a lot more but I have a lot more faith that Diggs is going to consistently get the football. Um, and yeah. I mean it shows out you look at their top 10 scoring last year. Diggs was a top 10 wide receiver 50% of his games last year. Brown was a top 10 receiver 29% of his games last year. Like Diggs is going to keep getting opportunities over and over and over. That's the reason I lean to that side. side.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just preference, really. I mean, I I think the quarterbacks are washed, and I think A.J. Brown's going to have a better season than Diggs. So that's the only reason why I say that. But I I see both sides of it for sure. Uh, To me, I I just – I like Brown just a little bit better than Diggs, but, I mean, it's close.
1: All right. Next up, we got two more for you, I think. I think it's just two more. So, this one, you got three players. You're picking number four overall. Would you rather have Austin Eckler at four, Mark Andrews at 21, and Chris Olave at 28 or Travis Kelsey at four, Jalen Waddle at 21, so and is Jameer it. Gibbs at 28?
0: yeah as i was like throwing this
1: together i already had the graphic like started bait i was like man this 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 is one of my work so i
0: could have thrown jalen waddle in the conversation of value because i think he's a little bit better than wide receiver seven and pick 21 but at that point i mean you're talking taking him 15 instead of 21 i don't think that's a huge difference it's just where you want to take him but i i do love jalen waddle this year obviously i love jameer gibbs at at 28 uh with an adp of 36 you are reaching for him here but like i said if if you believe in a guy i mean it's never too early to take a guy that you believe that you believe in in my opinion and like i just mentioned a second ago it's never too early to take travis kelsey he puts up wide receiver one numbers at the tight end position so if you have a wide receiver one at tight end and get two more really good wide receivers. I mean, you have three wide receiver ones um, in a league where people are going to be starting guys like I don't, I don't know. I've got my Comet. head up. Yeah, Cole Komet putting up Pat like Pat friar Muth. Yeah, Pat Pat uh with an average of seven points a game, and he's tied in seven. Like, yeah, and and yet you have like I think Travis Kelsey overall last year and half PPR. Or uh, flex positions was like third, so it's I mean he, he he put it's up better stupid. numbers than he put up better numbers than like most wide receivers and running backs. Like yeah. he is, he is so valuable that I I wouldn't I wouldn't hate if somebody second number one overall. Like it's never wow. too early to take Travis Kelsey. I, I, was like I love Jared Waddell and,
1: uh, and Jameer Gibbs here, so. I was initially going to say when we were talking McCaffrey second ago, I'm like, if I'm at two, it's McCaffrey or Kelsey. Like, that's where I'm looking. Yeah. No, um, I mean? But so, yeah, I mean, I'm with you on the second one. My thought process initially on the first one, like, so Eckler, top 10 score, 65% of his games last year. His points per snap are through the roof at 0.44. Um, and Eckler has just been two years in a row of just Disgusting production, but it is a question of, like, can that really stay there? Um, yeah. Andrews, I expect to have a big year with a Ravens offense increasing more in passing. And Olave, some of his efficiency numbers last year were flat out nutty. Um, like Olave, Olave no, a really man. good year. So I love Olave, um,
0: and I don't. I don't hate Mark Andrews. And Austin Eckler is. I feel like. Eventually, he's not going to keep doing it, but yeah. he absolutely it's keeps doing it over, and over again. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's one of those things like at some point he can't do it anymore, but it hasn't stopped yet. So, I don't know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's just preference, I guess, here, obviously. Yeah. But, I mean, the I'm more explosive and the more the consistent option gives. is
1: option two. So, like I said, as There's I was no making it, I was I'm like, man, that. this one's a little obvious. <laughs> All yeah. right. So, I think I got one more here. There's no, it's another three for. So, would you rather have your picking number eight? Again, 12-man league, half DPR. At eight, Saquon Barkley, 17, Devontae Adams, 32, DK Metcalf, or Tyreek Hill at CeeDee Lamb at 17, and Travis Etienne at 30?
0: Oh, uh. so- So, here, I'm probably going with the Hill, Lamb, ETN. So, I mean, when you look at this, I I love Tyreek Hill, but I don't love him at eight. But I love the combination of Hill, Lamb, and ETN much more than uh, Barkley, Adams, and Metcalf. You have question marks at the quarterback for Devonta Adams. DK Metcalf, they're bringing in a rookie that I really, really like, Jackson Smith, Jigba, and it, can Gino do it again? And then with Saquon, it's like you kind of got franchised, you kind of didn't. You're on a weird deal. Um, so I got to go with Hill, Lamb, and Etienne just just for production and usage rate. I think I think their usage rate for all three of those guys is going to be much higher than. Any of the other three except for maybe Saquon. I think Saquon gets plenty of touches, but health and future for Saquon, I gotta go, I gotta go the ladder
1: here. I'll take Hell Lamb and Etienne. I think I think City Lamb's gonna have a huge year. Yeah. I do too. I, I'm I'm expecting big numbers from him. What I was trying to do with this this question was build out like what quarterback concerns without real volume concerns because the only guy who might have volume concerns is dk but like i still expect him to get his opportunities downfield like that's what he's there for um versus guys who have more competition for volume but are probably the more talented players outside of etn he's not more talented than barkley here but like so trying to create that that kind of problem that you look at right with some of these guys yeah and, and I, I think I think I'm with you on taking the the second option with Hill Lamb Etn, but I could definitely see the first option being the better, one, you know. Yeah. So when
0: I mean when you're looking at ADP here, uh, you're picking eight with Saquon ADP of nine, Devonta Adams uh, taking him at seventeen with ADP of seventeen, DK Metcalf thirty-two with an ADP of thirty-three, compared to eight versus six, 17 versus 13, and 32 versus 32. I mean, if we're looking at value here, the lower option is better. But I mean, like you said, I mean, it, it's a toss up to me. It's the DK situation that worries me more than anything. I think if this was, uh, oh, it doesn't really work like that because you don't have a running back. But it, let's say you're looking at Travis Etienne and CeeDee Lamb versus DK and Devonta Adams. So you can either split it running back or take two wide receivers. I, I still love the the Travis Etienne CeeDee Lamb pick there. Yeah. Um, like I said, Saquon, I mean, I like Saquon a lot. And uh, I just don't love running backs in the top 15 this year. Give me a wide receiver that I know is gonna stay healthy and get targets and get touches over somebody that's going to get overused probably and yeah. could be a league winner for you but if they get hurt you're absolutely screwed like i would rather have my wide receiver that i know is going to get 85 to 110 catches 1200
1: yards and nine touchdowns is that not Devonte adam
0: not not offense i don't know
1: i don't know that's that's why i'm asking it's a tough question right now where no, I where does I mean, Devonte adams belong like where's where should he be going like it's I don't know what to expect from But I like City Lamb over Devontae Adams, so... Oh, yeah, no, th- this isn't... Uh, I'm not saying it in the vacuum of this question, of this uh, would-you-rather. I'm just saying in general, like, what do you think of Devontae Adams? Where do you think he should be going? Because I think it's one of the toughest questions in fantasy football this year.
0: To me, if I am... If I'm the if i'm in the top if i'm picking top three i'll take him in the wraparound in the third or so i mean i'm in i'm in that 30 range for his Adams, to I and mean, he's not gonna fall there but if he does i i love him but i mean at that that 17 range like there's so many guys that i like there i mean d- i mean just looking at adp right now like uh you have a, you have nick chubb jonathan taylor who i don't love derrick henry jalen waddle garrett wilson so i mean maybe he's a little bit better value than i think because like i do love garrett wilson but i i feel like he, he has shot up draft boards so heavily yeah like garrett wilson was gonna be like my ultimate sleeper this year like because i was expecting his adp to be in the 30s but garrett wilson at 15 to 20 I still love him. I might take him there, and I might have taken him there when his ADP was thirty. But he is—he is shot up draft board. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like fifteen for Devonta Adams—that range,
1: it, it's tough. It's a lot of risk with the quarterback situation there in the coaching. But situation. Does he get traded?
0: Everything? Do, do you draft him yeah. hoping that he gets traded,
1: or even just hoping that he, you know, does it? Houston Texans' DeAndre Hopkins and just, like, keeps doing his thing no matter who the quarterback is.
0: Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, that, that's right.
1: a tough situation there for him. So, next we're going to run through these fairly quick. Start, sit, or cut. Three players are the same position. You got to choose. Are you starting them? Are you sitting them? Are you cutting got to do right? one of each. Yeah, for fantasy. So, so first quarterbacks... Geno Smith, Daniel Jones, Tua Tagovaila. How you doing?
0: Got Geno starting Daniel Jones sitting Tua. Daniel Jones is one of the most underrated values in fantasy football. You can get him damn near the very last round of your draft. He usually rushes for 15 to 40 yards a game. So that's an extra four points. Uh, He's... He can get get you a rushing touchdown um he could throw for 250 to 350 any given week and throw a couple touchdowns daniel jones is value city when it comes to fantasy football so if we're just talking straight value of start sitter cut give me daniel jones all day at start um i'll cut geno smith even though his adp is just slightly lower than daniel jones And I'll sit Tua with a 94 ADP. Um, I think he could put up huge numbers.
1: But if I can wait and get a Daniel Jones, I'll take that out there. So I'm in a similar mindset, just swapping two of them. I'm starting uh, Tua, sitting Jones, and cutting Geno. I'm starting Tua, and if he gets hurt... I can bring jones in off the bench that's my logic
0: so i mean if i have both of them on my team
1: like you're probably not going to have both these guys on your team. no no but that's kind of the the idea yeah. here, that like you, you have all three and you need to make a decision so if i
0: have all three i'm probably starting to uh, uh to me it was more of a if you're in that range like and you can have both i guess but yeah i wouldn't draft both in this situation so yeah i mean i'll start Tua over daniel jones if i have both on my team but if i can grab a a late flyer on a wide receiver in the 10th and then daniel jones in the 11th rather than tua and then somebody twelve picks later
1: i'll take daniel jones all right next up here we're going to running backs so your choices are josh jacobs Aaron well, this Jones is realistic. And Miles you could, Sanders.
0: You could realistically have all three of these guys. Yeah. So. So assuming. You don't have a flex. This is tough. I'm probably going. Definitely starting Miles Sanders. Yeah. Um. I guess I'll sit Jacobs and cut Jones just because i I think Jones has more comp Aaron Jones has much more competition there in in Green Bay I, I think they're gonna run the ball well and I think they're gonna be a running offense but with the other running backs in house I find it I'm gonna I find it hard for him to have major major production so give me Josh Jacobs doesn't have any competition whether or not he's good
1: I'm not sure, but yeah, give me Josh Jacobs there. Yeah. I'm pro- I'm starting Jacobs just because I know that that team can run the football despite a rough passing game we saw last yeah. year. And then sitting Miles Sanders and cutting Aaron Jones. And as hell as I think Aaron Jones is, I mean, that offense, I don't know how good their offensive line is at run blocking. I know they have a really good offensive line. They're, much more pass protection geared, I feel like. And, like, they can definitely run a good amount of outside zone and, like, some more athletic linemen concepts in the run game. But I don't know that they can impose their will on teams constantly who are not expecting a heavy pass threat. You know, like, they've had this – defenses have played them for Aaron Rodgers for years now. And that helps yeah. their running game. I'm not sure how that's going to change with Aaron to be gone and Jordan Love coming. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Love, I feel
0: like, has to be good for that running game to be good. Yeah. But maybe he is. I mean,
1: they've gotten lucky plenty of times before, so. Yeah. All right. Next up on the wide receiver, your options are Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Calvin Ridley.
0: This is tough. So,
1: are we taking ADP in the account here? Or are we just saying you have all three? Just you got all three. You've got all three, and you need to make the, the decision. <laughs> okay. I put some thought into these, man. So,
0: this one, I'm going off of, I'm just going straight off of quarterback and potential. So, let me start Garrett Wilson. I'll bench Calvin Ridley and cut Chris Olave. Even though I might like Chris Olave the best out of this group, I mean, he was one of my favorite wide receivers coming out of college. So, but so is Garrett Wilson. But, um, yeah, I mean, with with Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson might be the best wide receiver Aaron
1: Rodgers has ever had. And that's including Devonta Adams. Ooh, high praise. I praise. I love Garrett Wilson. So, I mean, I, I'm not here to tell you you're wrong. I just, I praise. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, he is is very, very good.
0: So, and I I mean, I love Chris Olave too. I mean, it's just, I don't love that Saints offense with
1: Derek Carr. I mean, I think that Derek Carr is an upgrade from Andy Dalton last year for them. But like, I also think Andy Dalton had a lot more bucket, I'm going deep in him than Derek Carr has ever had. So like that, I, I, I don't know how that's gonna how it's gonna play in, but I know Olave's still gonna get opportunities, he's still gonna get open. But oh, yeah. I'm with you, I, I he's think really good it. though. Start Wilson, yeah. bench Olave, Cut Ridley because all the risks that we talked about were Ridley earlier not having. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So what do we got next? Tight end, last one. So start, sit or cut. Pat Fryer Chigo Conquo and Cole Komet it's a it's a rough one so I've been doing a lot of Dynasty and I love Conquo for Dynasty
0: because I think if he ever finds a good quarterback that dude's gonna be unstoppable but um let me start Cole Komet here uh he was the number one he was the number one option last year for Justin Fields you bring in talented wide receivers so that's just gonna open them up even more i wouldn't be surprised if he has 75 around 75 catches 800 yards six to 12 touchdowns um don't love any picket with pat Fryermuth, so let me cut Fryermuth and let me bench
1: oconquo just off of potential alone because that did the great yeah i mean i i know i'm i'm keeping oconquo on the bench um and this is where I have a hard time because, man, I, I don't love Pickett, but like, Briarmouth was a top 10 tight end in 44% of his games last year. People don't realize yeah. that. But I mean, was. it's not hard. Cole Komet I mean, was the a full of
0: games. Where he the difference out. between a top like seven tight end and the top 20
1: tight end is pretty minuscule. Cole Komet was only top 10, 24% of his games last year. I mean, what is that, three? Or something like that. Yeah, I but guess.
0: how many times was how many times was he top fifteen? Like I
1: don't. I the
0: difference in in tight end between like a a top six to fifteen guy is pretty minuscule. Like maybe uh, an, an average of like two points. Yeah, because the tight end position is just so top heavy. Then after that, it's just guys that can get you 6 to 15 points a week.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so that was the decision I I really struggle with here. But I think the ultimate end decision comes down to Cole Komet just got a nice big extension from the Bears, which means that they they saw what they wanted to see all offseason. He was putting in the work that they wanted him to to fit this offense best. And that makes me think Komet's the guy to go with here, and Fryer, and, and I mean, Friar, that's not to say Friermuth hasn't been doing that stuff. It's just no one's put sixty million dollars on the fact that he is yet, and someone just no. did for Komet. So that makes and, me feel good I about Komet. I,
0: I like the Bears' offense with with DJ Moore and uh, Darnell Mooney coming into his zone. and then maybe Chase Claypool can do
1: something as well. And then and with Claypool. Kmet Kmet has- Playpool has been tearing up camp, Bears' camp. Like, no. he is. That dude wants money. He, he wants it back.
0: No, I mean, I, I'm excited for that Bears' offense, and I, I just think the Bears' offense is going to be better than the Steelers. So, I mean, that's the main reason because Cole Komet led the team last year in receiving yards, and now there's other options. So, I mean, I just think that uh, ups his potential, if anything, you know?
1: You know, Okomet led the NFL in separation this year. (laughs) Somebody had to do it. Even though he runs like a refrigerator, he led the NFL in separation. (laughs) Yeah. So we got any more? Is that it? Nope. That's it. That's that is all all we got.
0: It is fantasy season. We might do another fantasy episode and get deeper into uh, rounds and value for guys because i mean that i mean i mean we just scratched the surface i mean i gave you five wide receivers five running backs then we did some this or that but we may break it down further for y'all next week uh we'll, we'll see what's on the schedule but i love talking fantasy so I and mean, i could talk fantasy
1: yeah. for of course honestly i'm i i could, I could put together some sleepers I, i'd be down for a sleeper episode
0: yeah i mean what are we considering a sleeper because I consider a sleeper somebody that's getting massively undervalued, but he could be a, a fifth-round pit that I think should be going in, like, the second or third. So, I
1: don't, I yeah, don't know. What... To me, sleepers are more guys you can get in the last five rounds that are going to, like, that that have the potential to blow up. Yeah. yeah.
0: Last like, five rounds.
1: Like, let me think. Who was uh, – Darren Waller was one of my sleepers years ago. Um, that was a league winner for me. Um, oh. Who was the the tight end with Peyton Manning in Denver? He was a league winner Dallas. for me. Um, who was his name? Uh, Dallas what? No, it wasn't Dallas. It was uh, – he went to Jacksonville afterwards. Um, he had, like, four great years and then just, like, fell off the face of – after that, yeah. he was athletic free. Um, but so, some guys like that, or like James Connor and Le'Veon on I got him the last round of the draft. That was a league winner oh, yeah. for me. Like th- those are sleepers to me.
0: Okay, well we can definitely do that. But um, I think that's it for today. We're not sleeping on the Washington foreskins I
1: thought I thought they were potato skins. Potato skins. Okay.
0: We're not. Whoever sleeping they are, the they're boys.
1: commanding the field. yeah not
0: sleeping on the washington team they'll take it easy we'll see you next week adios